0: This is Get a Load of This Podcast, where we cover topics for truckers and entrepreneurs alike.
1: Our guests are coming straight from the trucking industry and industries that directly influence and impact the truckers and trucking companies. We want to bring tremendous value to today's leaders and entrepreneurs and our future of the trucking industry. The common passion amongst our host and our guest is one thing, it's you. It's you, the people that make this country move, the
0: trucking industry. Enough with the introductions. Let's get this load on the road. road.
1: We are your hosts, Thomas, Cameron, and Ryan.
2: Let's get rolling.
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I am super excited you're with us today. It is a good day, good time of year. We just passed Easter, and then also tax day. So that could be good or bad, depending on where you fall in that. But I would say thank you to all the truckers that delivered like maybe liquid sanity. I would be curious to see if the price of wine and um, alcoholic drinks go up either during the week of taxes or after. That'd be an interesting stat for me to see, but I appreciate you joining us. So today, um, as always, you've got myself, Cameron, as the host. With me, I've got special co-host Ryan. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. And Ryan just got Invisalign. So uh, if he stumbles over his words or gets tongue-tied, it's because he has uh, new things going on in his mouth. Peace. <laughs>
0: Navigating getting new <laughs>
1: terrain. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, I am very excited today. We've got an amazing host with a a long, extensive career in trucking. I was looking at a little bit of your background and I'm very impressed by everything you've done, um, including, you know, I'll let you kind of unfold all the details and stuff like that. But the organization that she had founded and she's the president and CEO of is amazing. I've got two little girls. And so for me, this is just it's awesome to see the progression and what her mission is. And so I'll let her kind of introduce herself. I don't want to take away all the glory. Ellen Bowie is the president, CEO, founder of Women in Trucking Association. Ellen, how are you? Thank you so much for coming on with us.
2: I'm doing great. And thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show.
1: Yeah, we're excited to do that. I would love to dive in. So looking back, at least on your careers and education and experience, it dates back, and I'm not going to date you, but it dates back a long time in trucking from a consultant to transportation on getting licensed. I'm guessing you were assisting um, trucking companies and coordinating through FMCSA and all that. And I've kind of progressed from there. And then I want to say, was it 07 that you founded this association?
2: That's right. Uh, we're at about 15 years old, 15 years last month, which is- Yay. So-
1: and I feel like you All did right. it at a time when it probably wasn't even a hot topic or anything. I just feel like your passion and, um, even on, I guess, back backing up, she has a master's degree out of Wisconsin, and her master thesis was on being married to a professional truck driver. I saw that out of there. But let's let's go into your introduction into the transportation industry. What led you to that? Did you have family? How did you kind of go that route? And then let's kind of go through some of the past progression, which led you to the point of starting and founding the association.
2: Sure. Uh, I'll give you the short version, but I'm actually going to go all the way back to high school and in high school, my career goal was broadcast journalism, believe it or not. Um, and I actually did go to technical school for broadcast uh, journalism, found out that disc don't make very much money. Uh, anyway, I, so I, in high school, I had taken shop classes. And so I got a job at the steel fabricating plant doing or drawing material handling equipment. And it was interesting drawing pallets and cantilever racks and things like that. But they came to me one day and they said, we'd like to move you into the traffic department and we'll send you to school for traffic and transportation management. I thought, okay, it sounds good. So um, they made me the assistant traffic manager. I earned my diploma in traffic and transportation management. And then when my boss left, I was the traffic manager and I was at the ripe old age of 19. Um, and we had three trucks and I was responsible for all the inbound raw materials, steel, and all the outbound material and handling equipment. Uh, but that... Uh, training, uh, that education launched uh, when I started my family, then I uh, did consulting to trucking companies. So for about 18 years, I did licensing and permitting um, for motor carriers. And as you mentioned, during that time, I also got my uh, bachelor's and then my master's in communication, uh, undergrad in journalism. But I got a job for... Uh, I, I, I was on the board of directors of an organization called Trucker Buddy. You might have heard of it. It's a pen pal program where truck drivers send postcards to elementary classes. So I ran that for six years. And then I was recruited by Schneider National. And they said, figure out how to attract and retain non-traditional groups. And that included women, returning military, seniors, and Hispanics. And so my job was to figure out what brings people into the industry, what makes them leave, what are the irritants. And I started doing my research on women. And at the time I was getting my pilot's license and I belonged to a women's aviation organization. And I thought, well, why isn't there anything for women in the trucking industry? So in 2007, while I was still working at Schneider, um, I put together a board of directors, got all the paperwork drawn and we had our first board meeting and women in trucking was born in March of 2007. So um, since then, obviously women in trucking is a full-time job. Um, and we've grown unbelievably in 15 years. We now have about 6,600 members in 10 countries. Um, and about 15% of our members are men, uh, who join because they support our mission. So, and quickly, that's the mission great. is three, four, the, the mission is to encourage the employment of women in the industry to address obstacles that might keep women from succeeding. And then the third part is to celebrate success. So, um, that's our mission.
1: Yeah. And that's what, attracted me to you guys when I saw the stuff come through LinkedIn. I actually um, found Ellen through LinkedIn. So social media um, is good for something other than looking at world news and all the other negativity and everything that goes on. Um, And I just I love the mission. I support it. I've got two girls that are near and dear and kind of my reason why and make me push to be better every day. And I know that I've got two little people looking up to me. And so um, for the mission and what you're on, I fully support it. And I am so grateful that there are people like you that are front and center running that. I also had a shout out for your association from Next Generation in Trucking. One of the things during a podcast we had with them, if I recall, kind of led down that path of how come more... That the percentage are more male to female um, and not necessarily only to drive. It's just getting in, I think, to the industry in general. And that was something that they were trying to uncover and promote for the opportunities for female, or uh, I love how you put it for the non-traditional way. And I think it's such a great industry. There's so many avenues. There's so many great things that it can provide for a family, for a career, for personal growth, business growth, and, and everything that comes along with it. So um, before we get too far, and I know you mentioned you watched a podcast uh, in the uh, you know one of our old ones, we always like to ask, since we are in the trucking industry and we deal with truckers, what would your CB handle be if you don't have one? What do you think? <laughs>
2: Actually, I did have a, it was Ohio DJ because I was a disc jockey in Ohio. So my handle was Ohio DJ many years ago. So perfect,
1: it it lives on. We love yep. it. I like it. <laughs> That's cool. Going back to a little bit of. Um, you know, this is obviously near and dear to you and passion inspired, especially as you started your research. What was one of the more profound things or maybe things that inspired you or shocked you when you dove into this project in maybe why there were barriers? What were potential barriers? Why was the perception the way it was? Let's touch on maybe a couple of things that, um, you know, obviously drove you enough to take action on it. So,
2: so 15 years ago I would stand up in front of trucking executives the CEOs and I asked them you know how many what percentage of female or male director? they didn't know but the response was always oh ellen we don't care their age their gender or their ethnicity we just hire the best person i go really then why are the trucks designed for men how come the, how come you don't have any uniforms for women which still is prevalent these days and I asked, you know, what about restrooms? And, you know, it, it really wasn't a level playing field. And they tried to pretend that they were gender blind um, and ethnicity, age, everything. Um, but if you really looked at it, like I'd stand up there and I'd say, so how many of you still give out big belt buckles for safe driving awards? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, so. Really big belt buckles. Do you see women wearing big belt buckles? And so they had to rethink things. And and at, at the beginning, um, and I didn't have data. And everywhere I go, I'd raise my hand and I'd say, "Do you have that broken down by gender?" And they never did. And so I kept searching for data, searching for data. And now companies are saying, "Oh, we get it." And the American Transportation Research Institute has shown that. Male commercial drivers are 20% more likely to be involved in a crash than female commercial drivers. Not my data; it's theirs. Um, you know, and so we have statistics on on female drivers, and so now I can go to them and 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 women in the executive suite as well. So I can go to them and say, "Here's the hard data." Now, what are you doing to create a level playing field? And so we're changing the conversation. And the most rewarding part is that now instead of saying we're gender neutral or gender blind. Now they're saying we see the value women bring. Tell us how to attract attract and retain women. So it's changed in fifteen years and I'd like to take credit for that.
1: As you should I'll give you credit for that. Yeah. I think that it should fall with you heavily on that. And you didn't take a generic response in you know the questions you were asking and accepting what the answer was because there's nothing to back up their answer. It was basically, hey, we're preaching one thing, but like let's look at what's happening. It's not the same. So and Atri is amazing. So we uh, fully support Atri and what they do. And and like us, we're in insurance. So it's very actuarial and statistic driven and number driven. Even from like a young age you think back, well, why do 16 year old boys pay more than 16 year old girls? Well Boys are reckless and dumb, and they crash things. <laughs> so I don't know. It, 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 I think it kind of goes back to that, but that's obviously that's a, not a, the only focus to look at. So
2: there's actually one reason, Cameron. There's one reason women take fewer risks, and that's <laughs> it's because it's because of the way we're wired. We activate the yeah. amygdala quicker than men do, and that's the fear factor. So we take fewer risks, and that's why women are safer and also even in the boardroom by taking fewer right. risks, you, you ask questions differently. So we think, excuse me, we think differently.
1: Yes, 100%. And we need that. And some of the most valuable mentors in my life have been women, my grandmother, and then other business mentors throughout my career have been um, female, not that I place emphasis or weight on one over another, I just kind of take it for what it is, and who's helped and what's shaped and molded me, um, you know, to who I am today. So I think that that is amazing. So awesome. What is um, in the early years? you know, you've come a long way. What were some big obstacles that you had in the early years of the mission and getting the association out and getting adoption from the industry?
2: That's a good question because getting the adoption from the industry was the biggest obstacle. First of all, when I started Women in Trucking, what were we in? A recession. It was 2008. It was the end of 2007, beginning of 2008. So that was difficult. Um, Secondly, Nonprofits don't normally last. I mean, I think it, like eighty some percent never make it, and so a lot of companies said, we will be watching you, Ellen, and we're going to see if you're viable and and if you really walk the walk and and really push your." So the goal of the first year was to hit five hundred members, and we did, um, and and so we but we had to prove. Uh, I mean, a lot of people trusted me. Uh, I had to twist a lot of arms, <laughs> but. Once we had, once we proved ourselves and said that we really were in this for the long run and we really were mission driven, um, we started getting the attention and the respect. And it just truly blows my mind to think that if you had told me 15 years ago that I'd be reporting to a board of directors with Amazon and Walmart and Daimler and great date, you know, some of these huge companies, I, I, you know, flabbergasted, but they they really do support our mission. And that's why they're part of Women in Trucking.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I think that that would be a challenge um, or an obstacle in any early venture, but um, perseverance, and I'm guessing consistency, and you showed up every single day pushing the mission and stayed true to who you were from day one is uh, um, I didn't I wasn't aware of it just because of probably my age. I was in high school and stuff coming out of it. So my uh, the exposure I do have though for that is my aunt uncle um, team drove, um, and I had grew up with them in a semi, and they would team drive from the Pacific Northwest, and like I just heard them going to Florida was kind of the common route there. And so for me, I, I guess I didn't know any different. It's like oh, you know, women drive truck, man, you know, men drive truck. Um, but then I think as you become more exposed to the industry or just different industries, you start to realize there um, potentially is inequalities and in, um, the numbers and statistics. You're right. Um, now now it's a good thing. You're keeping st- stats on all this stuff and you have the statistics available. Now you can start addressing and fixing and evening up the opportunities and giving more resources and availability. And how do you attract um Younger people, females, your non-traditional driver, and and especially with such a great industry, I think it's got highlighted. Obviously, through COVID, it's got a little bit more praise than it has in the past, and the stigma's removed a little bit. Um, but it's such a great industry, and just folks don't. I I just don't think they realize or understand it.
2: That's so. our biggest obstacle is the image. A lot of women don't watch the tractor trailer they think that they get it. So we have to tell stories. We have an image team. We have members of the month. We have to share the stories and have women talk about what they do. Uh, We also, our image team also does ride-alongs. They give rides to media, uh, elected officials. We're giving um, the new FMCSA administrator, Robin Hutchinson, a ride. We're giving um, our Senator Tammy Baldwin a ride because she helped write some legislation to create the Women of Trucking Advisory Committee at the FMCSA. Uh, We've given rides to uh, Diane Sawyer. Uh, lots of Wall Street Journal, USA Today, um, but we have to tell our stories. If we don't tell our stories and have women share what they love about their job, other women aren't going to look at them and think, maybe I could do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And resonating with the brand and the story and sharing that you're not alone and sharing what it could be. What was one of the biggest failures that you've had and what did you learn from that? Because I think successes are easy to celebrate and obviously milestones are important. You set goals you had mentioned for the 500 members you hit it, achieved it. And I'm sure there's a progression of goals that map out through the last 15 years, which uh, I have no doubt are very impressive. But let's hear about a failure, something that held you back, something that drove you to overcome an obstacle something that you learn from.
2: You mean in my life or in my personal career or my professional career?
1: Whatever you want to I, share. I mean, I think there, you know, for me, you know, as a um, the owner of a business, so I run and own uh, Valley Trucking Insurance and this um, podcast was founded with Ryan, myself, and one other guy we work with as like a way to give back and be a passion project. But for me, work and life, there's a balance, right? I don't want to say, or, or harmony, I guess, is actually a better word because balance you're kind of at a zero sum, but harmony works in unison with like what you do in your day-to-day, your business, your career, your family, what, you know, everyone is around you. So it could be either, whatever you want to share.
2: Well, that's it you know, I would say that one of the times I struggled the most was um, after I had started women in trucking and I'm still working at Schneider. Um, and I was manager of recruiting programs. And what happened in 2007, 2008 there was no turnover because drivers weren't leaving. And so one day I was eliminated along with 300 people at Schneider and I had already started women in trucking, but I didn't have to get paid. I had an employee. And so they gave me a pretty good severance package. And so I said, I have, you know, X number of weeks to make women in trucking work. And if it doesn't, it's, it's, I got to go get a job. Um, so that was probably the biggest challenge was taking that, that loss of a job, <laughs> a secure income, um, and taking a risk and jumping into women in trucking, um, without having a salary. I had to do a lot of writing. I did a lot of freelance work to support myself and a daughter in college and two mortgages. So it was a rough time, but, um, here we are. We made it. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. What do you think you learned from that? Or what was the biggest takeaway? I mean, I can jump to conclusions about how strong you were. And like, you kind of went all in on yourself. You were the safety blanket at that point of like making it happen. But what was your biggest takeaway?
2: Because I believed in it. I believed in myself. I believed in the mission. And I, I never, ever thought that failure was an option. And I was going to fight the bitter end. And I think perseverance really goes a long way, especially for women in this industry, we really have to push um, sometimes and say, I can do this and I'm gonna make things happen. So I would say it was that that motivation, that perseverance, and not giving up.
0: Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Now I I have a question kind of based on challenges as well. So obviously, I mean humans are resilient, women are resilient. And obviously, there are a lot more. You know, there are stigmas on men and women, but there are a lot more challenges based on those stigmas placed on women in society. As we move forward, and people's minds are opening, and you know, I would I would like to think that the idea of women in society as equal in society is improving. It's definitely there's definitely a lot of work to do. What do you see as challenges? in the near future? Because I think we've kind of gotten over some of the initial humps, but obviously obviously there's a lot of ironing out to do. What do you see uh, in the workforce in general, but also obviously trucking specifically?
2: Well, I'll tell you that we are our biggest critic. Um, You've heard the statistics probably that Hewlett Packard did a study that women won't apply for a job or promotion until they have 100% of the qualifications, where men will apply at 60%. And that's because as women, we're perfectionists and we need to check off all the boxes. So we think we need to be overprepared, think we need to be more experienced than, than maybe what we really need. And, and we don't trust ourselves to take that risk. And so I, my, my goal is to empower women and say, just believe in yourself. You can do this and don't let someone hold you back. Um, and, but you have to take risks. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, women are risk averse. That's the way we're wired. But to survive in a very male populated environment, you have to take risks, um, and expose yourself and make yourself vulnerable. Um, but you will succeed. And then when you, when you hit those limits, then you set more limits. I mean, you keep pushing yourself further. Um, I mentioned earlier that I was getting my pilot's license and I did. And, the year, the year I turned fifty, I finished my pilot's license, went to school and got my CDL, and then I thought we well, might as well go get, a, go get a motorcycle license. So I went and got a motorcycle license, and then a friend of mine said, "Do you want to go skydiving?" And so I said, "Sure." And so nice I learned how to skydive it, in one year. And my dad was worried about me, and my daughter said, "Mom, are you dying?" Oh wow! <laughs> she thought I was like second my bucket list and I said no actually I'm living and it's pretty good
1: and, <laughs> and listen to yeah, the I can the opposite. <laughs> yeah. yeah it sounds like a country a song for sure uh. year, and then but- for the skydiving did you pilot the plane that you <laughs> skydove out of <laughs>
2: no okay that's good <laughs> no. so my first jump was on- up <laughs> so, um, and then I went back two weeks later did my second jump and it was it
1: was fun yeah it's a really cool experience that's a- yeah, super impressive. I'm. Uh, uh, that's awesome. That makes me happy. Like I get excited hearing about that, just because I know the effort and the time and the preparation and the amount that you had to probably put into that. It's not. It's not small. That's a significant investment of an application of yourself. So kudos on that. That's really really good. Thank you. I love that. Let's, let's shift gears. We spent a lot of time, I think, in the past on what brought you to this point, and I love it. Was a an amazing kind of story thus far. What are we at in our current? I guess let's say I don't want to say climate, but where we're at currently in the association. What are some initiatives that are like pressing right now? And then what's? And then we'll go to the future here pretty quick. But what's something that you're working on now that you're excited about, passionate about? What is progressed? Where are we at with things?
2: So one of the things that we've done recently is created chapters. So Women in Trucking will now have chapters, regional and local. Um, chapters so that the conversation can, t- can continue long after our conference. So I'm excited about that. We had our very first chapter meeting in January. Um, another thing that I'm really excited about, and if you haven't seen the photo, you need to look on our website. We have a new driver ambassador tractor trailer. And based on the votes, uh, the name is Whitney, W-I-T, Whitney. Um, and, uh, Kelly Lynn McLaughlin is our driver ambassador. But our trailer, is branded, and it's got a superhero, a woman on the side, and inside we've got a hands-on learning environment and a simulator, and so it's a traveling display about what are the myths about trucking, do you have it in your DNA to be a driver, a technician, or in the industry, logistics, Um, and so it's it's a traveling classroom, complete with simulator, and we're so excited about that. We want to get that out more. It's still getting finished. The back door is getting put on. Um, We did have it at Mid America, but it wasn't quite done. Um, And then uh, more ride alongs. Uh, I mentioned we're going to give uh, FMCSA Administrator Robin Hutchinson. My goal is to give uh, Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary, a ride along um, because he needs to. (laughs) Um, It always amazes me that our regulators haven't experienced small bits of a life of the people they're regulating. And so we try to give them rides so that they can go out with a driver and ask a lot of questions and and learn a little bit. So those are three of the major ones. Um, lots of stuff coming down the pike. I mean, we've got a new mentoring program that we started um, and and that matches new drivers with seasoned drivers and helps them through because a lot of our drivers leave in the first six months. So we're going to that from happening. Um, And then we just finished our micro site on our website. That's for drivers, any driver, they don't have to be a member, they can just come and ask a lot of questions like, how do I choose a school? How do I choose a carrier? You know, what types of trailers are there that, you know, for freight that I can haul and things like that. So it's really about educating and informing and being a resource. I want women in trucking to be the resource uh, for the industry and government to come to, uh, to get information.
1: Yeah. And I think it will be. And I think it's so uh, impactful for the politicians and folks holding seats that they do truly understand what they represent. Right. Or even oppose. You know, some might not align with views of either your organization or others or like the industry as a whole. But it just helps everybody. The more informed, the more educated, the more uh, the, I, I guess they could better, better represent and make a better decision for the for the industry. So I think it's cool too doing the simulator thing, because that kind of will engage a little bit of the younger crowd my guess so my daughter who's 10 you know it's all about video games and engagement with their friends and that kind of stuff so i think that that would be a really neat way to get somebody involved and just open up you know if you did in conjunction with, I guess, next generation in trucking or start go to elementary and the job fairs and like wherever you can get exposure to. How neat is that? You just get to get them up there and get in, feel it, play, check out a truck, check out a big rig. Um, You know, as a kid, I was in the shop, you know, with family and I was fortunate enough to go climb up and play with it and be able to get exposed at a young age. But I guess similar to, you know, a fire truck. As a kid, right? You get to go hop up in the fire truck. That's a big deal. And I think that that would start to raise awareness that way. I think that that is awesome. You had well, mentioned something there. How come you think? Well, wait, and I don't know what the oh go ahead. Can
2: I two other things? Because you talked about next gen a couple times. Um, and Lindsay Trent, I uh, love her. Yeah, and, and Dave. So, so two things, yeah, Dave. Um, Dave actually brought two of his female driver students to our conference but two things that we've done to encourage young girls um first of all we created a truck driver doll claire the truck driver doll and we've sold thousands of claire the truck driver doll and there's even cool. a facebook player so like drivers take claire with them and then take pictures of claire in the truck or on mm. the truck delivering but the other thing that i'm really excited about is we found out that the boy scouts had a transportation patch and the girl scouts didn't so we created a oh. Out supply chain patch with the Greater Chicago Northern Indiana region, and so far, over eleven hundred girls have earned that supply chain patch. And we schools have um, hosted it, carriers have hosted it, truck dealerships have hosted an event, and they invite the media and talk about how girls. um, We call it Trucks Are for Girls, and we have an activity book that goes with it. And the activity book is called Scouting for Cookies and it talks about how the grain goes from the field to the bakery in a truck from the bakery to packaging in a truck packaging you know to warehousing and the final mile is the girl scout so we're really excited about that because we want kids to look at the tractor trailers on the road and say mom dad that could be my cookies in there but that could be that tanker could hold the milk you know that i drink with my cookies so it's it's about creating that personal relationship
1: that is badass that is awesome and I would love to get an event that's uh in proximity I could bring my girls to and for me on the road trip we actually just got back we um, I'm in Spokane, Washington. So we went over to Seattle. Um, my task is, is they count the semis. <laughs> hey, I want you to count the trucks and I want you to kind of start understanding what they are. And um, obviously with I with what I do um, and, and protecting them and insuring trucks, they're, they're getting uh, much more of an education than I think they normally would. But I think it's great. They're, they're very intrigued. They love it. They think it's super cool. And it's like, oh, daddy, do you insure that truck? I'm like, I don't know. And it depends. Are they on the side of the road or are they traveling? will be my answer so <laughs> hopefully so um cool well that's great i think that that is super exciting how do you guys determine the location and where your uh, truck goes is it just events that pop up do you have it mapped out for the year what where can people fall find and follow that
2: well actually we're working on that right now and we will be putting okay. something site we did have it at the America show um but we plan on taking it to more local events Um, so that we can actually go through and learn about the trucking industry itself. But we'll also bring it to our conference. Our conference is in Dallas in November, Um, but we want to go to schools.
1: Perfect. And actually, we'll probably show some representation um, when we hop off. I'd love to get the – I guess it's probably on the website, just the details for that. I have – Um, folks down in Dallas there. So my sister-in-law who works with me is there. So might be an excuse for me to get a little warmer weather as opposed to the winter where I'm going to be. So I think that that would be sweet. Um, What are some things on the roadmap for the future? What are some exciting things that maybe haven't come to fruition? Maybe you're excited to share that you haven't shared yet or or what's coming up for you?
2: So we don't, Necessarily lobby at women in trucking because our members include both drivers and carriers. So, like you won't hear us talk about hours of service or ELDs, but we do educate. We give ride-alongs. But a couple things that are really exciting is um, we did get uh, in the infrastructure bill. We did get a highway a bill passed, and it's called the Women of Trucking Advisory Committee. And it was Senator Moran of Kansas introduced it, and then my Senator Tammy Baldwin co-signed. One's a Democrat, one's a Republican. And then my Congressman uh, Mike Gallagher introduced it in the house and it creates a women of trucking advisory committee at the FMCSA. And I believe today is um, it's Tuesday today or Wednesday, I think. But anyway, I think that uh, the applications have just closed or they're closing this week um, to re- to create that advisory committee. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping I get on that because I helped write that bill. Um, <laughs> Another thing that was in the infrastructure bill was a uh an in, initiative to create a PR campaign about all modes of transportation and the great jobs that are in there so that also will help with um gender equity um and last week I actually was invited to the White House to talk about um the Biden Harris trucking plan and that was so exciting um, got to shake hands with the president and the secretary of transportation. And um, it was, we were on the South lawn and it was beautiful, beautiful weather. And one, one other thing that I do, when I said I wanted to be a resource, um, I, I served the uh, Department of Transportation Entry-Level Driver Training Advisory Committee, which that law just got passed in February, February 7th. Finally, the entry-level driver training rules were implemented. I helped create that. Um, and now I'm on a two-year uh, assignment on the DOT Motor Carrier Safety Advisory Committee. Um, so I'm very excited about that. We've had two meetings for that as well. But um, just really excited to get the recognition and be um, a part of decision-making and conversations.
1: Geez, the more you share, the more I'm like super grateful you had time to join us because you are busy. I don't know where yeah. you <laughs> organize your time and fit that in. So um, nice work. Uh, congratulations, by the way. Everything that you mentioned is amazing and awesome. So that's uh, that's so wonderful to hear. You mentioned something. Um earlier, and it just kind of sparked a question for me, how come you think, and I don't know what the stats were, because I don't think we had got that far. Um, A lot of folks drop out in the first six months. What are some reasons for that? And was it male, female, or mostly female in in what you're referring to? Let's kind of uh, touch on that.
2: So in the research that we've done, 83% of women who enter the trucking industry as drivers do so at the urge of a family member or friend. So that's typically a husband, a boyfriend. Um, the average female who comes into the industry is about 50. So that means her children are grown. And somebody says, hey, go get your, your commercial driver's license and come out on the road. So that means that she knows what the lifestyle is like, right? Charity knows because somebody already explained that. The highest turnover is for men. Men who come into the industry because they can add, it's like, oh, make 47,000 your first year after three weeks of training. For men, the reason they leave the industry, it's because of family time. That's not the reason for women. Women understand they're not going to see their families, plus they're typically older. So the big turn is with men. And the reason is because the expectations aren't set correctly. They really don't understand what they're getting into. And so for men to leave because of family time, um, women will leave the industry because of safety. That they don't feel safe, and that includes personal safety. But so the turn is with men who weren't the expectation that they had of the industry did not match reality.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm a. I mean, I'm actually kind of, in a way, oddly surprised to hear that. But I've actually had some of my clients even say the same thing. You know, they don't get enough time with their family, and they just can't really justify it. So that actually makes a lot of sense. But I am actually very interested in what you were mentioning about personal safety for women. Uh, I don't know if this is something you want to touch on, but are there things that maybe we're trying to do? I know that obviously there's some societal changes that probably need to happen there on a larger scale. But are there some things that your organization maybe is taking part of to try to help um, increase uh, at least feelings of safety and hopefully overall safety of women in the industry?
2: Absolutely. So there's three areas of safety, and the first one is um, how well maintained is the equipment. So if you go to a company and the equipment's not, that's not safe. Break, being broken down on the side of the road is not safe. It's not productive either. Second part of it is where are you sending your driver? What part of town are they going to? Is it a dark, bad, you know, a, a neighborhood that's not safe for women? Because if you're doing that, you need to rethink about sending your drivers in there. And then the third part of safety is, is the driver the captain of their own ship? So like if if I were to say to you, Ryan, I don't want to go on that load because there's, you want me to go to a place where there's a protest, or you want me to go to a place where there's a tornado or a snowstorm. I don't feel comfortable doing that. If your response is, hey, this is trucking, you got to do it. That's not the right response. The right response is you determine your own personal safety. So those three things are safety. So women will leave. If they feel that the company doesn't have their back, if they feel the company isn't looking out for their safety, and so um, that that's that's why women leave the industry or women leave a carrier um, is really about the same culture. Um, and then one other part of that is the training situation, and we totally advocate for a same gender training option because one of the things that just makes me sick to my stomach is when we put some young 20-something female truck with a male in his 50s or 60s um, and send him out in the cab of a truck for three to four weeks at a time. And and there's a sleeper berth right there. And so if, if a female comes to a carrier and says, I feel more comfortable with a female trainer, we should accommodate that.
0: Yeah. And are there ways, I mean, you know, I imagine with smaller businesses and smaller companies, that would be obviously harder. But are there ways that we can maybe introduce legislation or some sort of requirements to where those type of things are available, especially in the bigger companies?
2: Well, I wouldn't want legislation. Right. Careful yeah, what you yeah, ask for. Yeah. Fair. I would point to the companies with best practices. And the best mm-hmm. practices are companies that put the trainee in a hotel, not the trainer, because it's a trainer's truck. Um, and so they'll put the trainee in a hotel or they send them out in day cabs, Um, so they're not spending the night in the cab of the truck. Um, or they'll find a way to separate them somehow. Um, and to me, those are the best practices. So
0: maybe it's more just about educating owners.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be a legislative thing. It's more of a culture and it's going to be an ownership shift of the carriers on providing, um, the resources, the training, the availability to, you know, um, I guess feel comfortable, but like in a, in a efficient manner and operate safely too, to make them feel comfortable and welcome them as part of the team. Why would you want a new person to be uncomfortable and you want them to stay with you and be loyal to you? It doesn't make any sense. So, No, I think that that's awesome. I, and I think there needs to be addressed, too, is like the truck stops, right? The truck stop situation, the availability of parking. What are you parking in? Where are you parking? Um, you know, I know that that's been a huge issue across the country as the, the freight's been moving. As you, you're you on the side of a road or you at the end of this, like, dark parking lot and then the truck stops a long ways away. What is the conditions when you get in there? I'm sure these are all things that you have to address and face, right?
2: We actually do. We work with the truck stops on safety and security and amenities. Um, and, you know, we, we talk about, like, if there's a place with poor lights or it needs a security guard or fence or something, and, and the, the truck stops are pretty – they want their drivers to be safe. Another thing is we work with the truck cab manufacturers, and um, we feel that there should be some kind of alarm system on trucks. Like I have in my home, If if somebody were to try to break into my house – and if I'm not here, um, first they're going to call me, then they're going to call someone else. And if I don't answer, then a cop will be at my house in two minutes. Why can't we have an alarm system in a truck so that if a driver goes in to take a shower or even if the driver's sleeping in a sleeper berth and somebody tries to break in, then an alarm will go off and alert either them or someone else or the authorities so that their personal safety isn't being compromised. So, I mean, things like that. Um, and we do we do self defense classes at our events. We bring in self defense experts who talk about avoiding don't walk between drivers, don't park in the back, you know try not to get out at night, and and carry your cell phone and things like that. So um, personal safety is is a very high priority for female drivers. Not that it's not for men, but women are a little bit more vulnerable than their male um, drivers. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I think off statistics alone, you're right, because I know a lot of men do, you know, they'll strap their doors together and all that kind of stuff. I think they still take the necessary precautions just to, I I think that's human nature, right, is protect yourself, feel safe. You're in an unknown environment all the time, your only environment, which uh, is your truck. That's your only environment that's consistent. Other than that, you're in a new location um, all the time. Um, and we, you know, like we've had truck park on our, um, podcast before. I like what they're doing. They're more of uh, you know, they're, they're trying to create these standards of like, okay, these truck stops or these areas to park are popping up, but what are the requirements? Are they gated Fenced? Do they have security? How's the lighting? Um, I think those things are all super valuable. So I think that that is awesome. So, um, what is So for folks that want to get involved, want to learn more, um, I, I know for me, I just followed on LinkedIn and I kind of did my research from there. But what's the best way to connect with you guys and stay informed and stay on top of things that are going on?
2: Well, the website, womenintrucking.org. it's womenintrucking.org, spell it out. Um, and you can sign up for our newsletter. Our e-newsletter comes out every Wednesday. That's free. Um I'd ask joining, either as an individual or a corporate member. Um, we also have a scholarship foundation, which we didn't mention, and we give out a lot of scholarships to people, um, women who are looking for a career, either as a driver or a safety director or a technician, or women looking to advance their career in supply chain. So that's women in training, um, foundation.org But I would say, um, and one other thing I need to plug is our conference. The last year, pre-pandemic, we had 1,100 registered attendees. So, this year we're shooting for 1,800. um, And I would encourage people to consider coming to our Accelerate conference because everything that you learn is uh, applicable to the trucking industry. And we have a lot of panels. We talk about um, everything from branding yourself to communication styles to uh, identifying fraud. We had a fraud expert. Um, But it's a lot of fun. We do a lot of, um, we have a lot of fun, and it'll be in Dallas. In November, I think it's the 14th, 14th, 15th. In Dallas in November? Awesome. Awesome,
0: yeah, awesome, yes. Um, I wanted to just go over a couple of the things I'm noticing on your website and kind of just ask you your opinion of these, but you have some pretty wild notoriety out there, which is fantastic, and I love it. I would say that probably one of the biggest one, World's 10 Most Successful Entrepreneurs Making a Difference in 2021. Top five coolest women making waves in the supplies chain sector. I mean, those are some pretty incredible like bouts of recognition. What do
2: those things mean to you? Um, I guess it means that an organization, has uh, because it, I, as the founder, I'm still the uh of the organization. So it's it's very rewarding. We've got you know. I want I want our team to be recognized for making a difference. I want women in trucking to be seen as a disruptor. Um, the one you didn't mention that I'm probably the most proud of is in 2012, we were recognized by the White House as being a transportation innovator champion of change. And I got to take my board of directors to the White House. Um, it, was, that, that it was pretty exciting.
0: <laughs> that one's really far down the page. I hadn't even read that far yet. There were already about... Twenty of them in the first uh, <laughs> paragraph. So <laughs> you have a lot of recognition. Yeah, that is definitely another very, very excellent one. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just kind of to show that you you are making waves and you are making changes, and as somebody who wants to see women like get the equality they deserve and also the opportunities that they deserve and the equal opportunities, and of course the treatment that helps cater to them, because let's be honest, the majority of the world is set up to cater to men in a lot of ways still in 2022. So I think you're doing excellent. And I just kind of want to take a second to recognize you for, I mean, literally I could probably read for five minutes and maybe not finish this. So good work.
2: Well, thank you very much. I've had a long career, so it's taken years.
0: Well, it's pretty awesome. It's really impressive.
1: An inspiring career. And, uh, I'm just super grateful and super thankful that you spent time with us. Um, I love the mission. I love what you're doing. If there is, let's say we had a billboard and you wanted to put one thing on there, it could be a quote that inspires you daily or something like that. What would you want to get out to just people in general?
2: So my quote is, life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. Right.
1: Yes. Hey, Ryan, can you turn your camera to your picture for those oh, I that mean, are, I can um, just
0: I can just show it because I uh, it's on my
2: wall.
1: So this is a little bit different way to phrase it, Ellen. But uh, <laughs> 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 but for the we'll, we'll keep it we'll keep it somewhat on par with where we're at. But anyways, I love that because I think you're right. I think you have to take risk. I think you have to you get the most growth and the most reward outside of your comfort zone. So um, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I, um, I coach my little girl's soccer team. And that's kind of the whole thing is to keep pushing them, keep pushing them to progress and learn and challenge them. I'm also picking up guitar with my oldest daughter, and I see her get visibly frustrated as we're going through. And it's, you know, it's hard. It's a very, and, and think about for me, I'm 36 year olds trying 36 years old trying to learn guitar. It's very hard. I'm like, but then I keep pushing her, keep pushing her. And then the reward she gets when she actually hits what she's doing. It's amazing. She lights up and feels so validated. And I'm able to then kind of keep the encouragement and praise going. So I love that. That's an amazing quote. So thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like to share with uh, the people or followers or anyone else? I'm definitely going to be directing all of my clients and anyone to your organization and try to shed as much light as I can. Um, but now's your time to share anything you want. So
2: Well, thank you. Uh, we're supported by our members and so we're supported by the people who join and they do. So I would just ask everyone to consider joining either as a corporate member or as an individual member, because that's that's how we can put it forward.
1: Wonderful. Awesome. Well thank you so much Ellen and I'm going to check out the uh, conference and since uh, I've got a sister-in-law in Dallas there's probably no reason that uh, I'm not going to come see you and shake hands cuz I'd love to meet you and chat and um grab a coffee or something that'd be amazing so
2: Wonderful thank you so much for having me Very us. happy to have you keep doing what awesome. you're doing
1: Heck yeah. Thank Ryan, thanks for your time, Ellen. Uh, that concludes this. Anyone can follow us. We've got a LinkedIn page where you can find Ellen. I suggest following her, follow Women in Trucking Association. They put out a lot of great content. They share a lot of good articles. I see what Ellen's been kind of resharing and stuff like that. And it aligns perfectly with what she, uh, um, her mission is anyway. And then we've got a Facebook group. You can find us pretty much on all the major platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that kind of stuff. As always, we appreciate your support. Thank you so much.